Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a Krusty Krab. Ah, uh, what is up, everybody? Did anything interesting happen this weekend? This week, rather. So, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am definitely not interested in just being a huge dick about things, but. Seeing as that's how we do things in this country now. I was just reading a very quick article about what's going on in Maricopa County in Arizona. Uh, there was like some some malfunction or whatever, so they have to recount like 17,000 votes. And the GOP is just losing their goddamn mind because they're like, you know, these things are a national embarrassment. These uh, these machines and stuff, even third world countries can do these things. Yeah, 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 they can. And the problem is in Arizona. <laughs> so, yeah, if you are looking for an argument that Arizona is a national embarrassment, you are looking in the wrong place. You know, I like the simple fact that it's actually possible to recount votes. Like, that that's an important thing, to be able to do that. Like, we have the votes, we can just recount them. Like, there are systems in place. There are systems in place to check failures. That's what safety systems are. We put them in cars, we put them in rocket ships, we put them in voting machines. It's super simple. And there are people that understand how these things work that are, are able to be like, okay, that's what we need to do. That's why they have, when things are really close, like some states have automatic recounts. Automatic. You don't even have to ask for it. Some states have runoffs, like we're having in Georgia. If it's too close and nobody gets a clear majority, like, you get to do that. Like, if you don't like how certain things run in certain states, it's almost kind of too bad because voting is a state's rights issue. And that's, that's how that works. But it's also the fault of that state. <laughs> you're not going to fund these things, what do you think is going to happen? I think that's the thing that I get caught up on the most, right, with people on the right, and and, and even some people on the left. Like, <clears throat> you want all these things. You, you want all these things to be the way you want them. And you don't want to pay for them. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, like, I go through this with, like, libertarians. Like, okay, you want... Free and fair elections. That's fine. Uh, you want machines to do these things properly. Uh, you want security around all those things. And how do you want to do that? Goodwill of the people just showing up and doing their civic duty. You know what it looks like when people, the goodwill of the people, show up and do their civic duty? Jury duty. Right? And what's the joke about jury duty? Twelve people basically deciding your fate. Twelve people that couldn't figure out how to get out of jury duty. Like, what do you think? It's not like we're hiring JPL to do all these things. Like, we could do this. Like, election tabulation, super simple. And I've never voted in Maricopa County, even though I'm a Democrat, and I guess I'm allowed to cheat because apparently that's all I do is cheat. <laughs> I'm a registered Democrat. At this point, I'm barely a Democrat. I'll get into that later. I'm. I don't know how hard it is to take a form and fill it out and then run it through the machine. But again, I'm an A plus student. I'm a straight A high school student, so I can fill out a bubble sheet like nobody's business. But also because I have a brain and I'm like intelligent enough to understand those things, I can also fill out the right circle. guy that was running the table for my neighborhood when you the dude you have to check in that actually hands you the ballot here in New York <clears throat> it's a friend of mine well like an acquaintance of mine friendly um, I coached his daughter years ago she was on one of Corey's teams when it was still co-ed so that's up to second grade 
So that's where I know them from. Um, super nice guy, just always really friendly. Like, if you think of like a neighbor with a with a white beard, just think of any neighbor with a white beard. And that's him. <laughs> super nice guy. And he was just he was just talking. He's like, he said he had somebody come in. He's like, I'm just gonna vote straight across. He didn't add the accent. I added the accent. He was saying he was kind of having like it was it was a kind of a rough morning. It was tense, especially for a midterm, as I'm sure everybody that voted knows. But I said, I'm gonna vote straight across. Apparently, the dude voted straight across in the wrong place and needed another ballot. And I'm just I'm gonna take a wild guess what straight across that was. Why am I telling you this? I don't know. It's not a big deal to vote. It just isn't hard. You know, it just, it's pretty simple. But, you know, people like the GOP are like, we want these hand counted. Are you kidding me? Do you have any idea how many people live in America and how many more people the GOP want to live in America? I mean, as long as they're not brown. They just have to be born and unwanted. That seems to be what the Republicans are. Brown people, they can just, they can just die. They can die on the southern border, apparently. That GOP is fine with that. But, man, see, that's honestly what... Okay, here's the thing. So, if the people coming in from Central America could just figure out how to tunnel under that imaginary wall and then just come out a white woman's vagina, they'd be fine. And they'd be welcome here with open arms. I'm just... But so, yeah, the Republicans are just losing their minds in Maricopa County because they were like, we need to recount 17,000 votes because there was an issue. Yeah, man. They came, they recognized an issue. They were going to do this. This is how we do things to make sure it's proper. And the GOP is like, nope, nope, they're cheating and it's an embarrassment. No cheating. Just a problem with uh, one of the, I think it was even the form. It wasn't even the machine. Like the form was printed wrong, which I think is funny can't figure out a voting form and i get it it's like high high stress high tension like i i can only really speak from my experiences voting which is you know extensive at my advanced age i've done it several times and like you know it always gets me a little bit like when you got to like pick your county judges or whatever it's like select six it's like six god damn it (laughs) and to be perfectly honest with you on a good day i couldn't pick six breakfasts to have you know what i mean like that's that's a lot of pressure. Like once you get past like uh, pancakes, waffles, scrambled eggs and toast, <laughs> eggs Benedict. All right, yeah. And is Florentine gonna be the same as eggs Benedict? Like I don't know. Like you want to have a Monte Cristo? You could go. What are we fancy? I mean, like so. I'm already at five, maybe, right? And these are six county judges. So I understand that. Plus, in New York, almost all of them are uncontested, so they run for all the platforms, right? So just as a general rule, not that I have to share this with you and not that anybody cares, uh, whenever I can vote for a third-party candidate that's also the candidate that I want, like when they're listed twice, I will vote for that third-party candidate. I do that because I think having a third party or more in this country would be the only thing to save an honest-to-God you know, our political landscape. I think this two-party system is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and it gets us nowhere because all it does is it's, it's, a, it's a football game, you know? It's a hockey game. Basically, basically the, people, the people involved in a Democrat versus Republican election are the only people on Earth, Earth less chill than people at an Islanders Ranger game at this point. I'd rather be there. Because those people are way more courteous to each other. Here, it's just bananas. So I'd rather have, like, a real viable third party. And these libertarians, man, like, I keep... I might just have to have one on the show. Be like, explain everything about libertarianism and why you think it's okay in the modern age. Because I just don't get it. I, I don't understand. But if you want to bring back the Whig party, the Whigs party or anything like that, like, I'm all for it. I think three or more viable parties would be really... And we have some really... We have some good independents. Like, we, we, there's this independent out of Utah whose name totally escapes me, whose platform is really just right of mine. Like, just right. And, like, he's an independent, but he, like, rejected Trump and he rejected all the election deniers because he is, you know, 
sane and normal and stuff like that and can look at the playing field and be like, yep, that's what happens, stuff like that. But he is, you know, he believes that abortion should be left up to the states, which I guess I understand the argument because it's not specifically mentioned in the Constitution and not specifically protected. It's not a federal right. The argument that makes the strongest counterclaim to that, of course, is uh, when it's uh, an inalienable right, that, that kind of thing. Like, is it is it a real, honest to God human right? Like, I happen to think so, but I understand that that is a completely vague term. Like, is my right inalienable? Is my right to eat Charlotte's Halloween candy inalienable, or is it just because I'm bigger than she is and she's not going to eat it anyway? It's like I think it is, and like I really like Lucy's peanut butter. I just, you know, I mean probably can't tell from actually i was going to make a fat joke but i've actually lost a bunch of weight so i'm pretty excited about that um but it's not an inalienable right i'm just bigger than her so that's that's how that works but like so that's the argument but he believes it should be should be run by the states and i actually don't have a, a real problem with things like that being kind of run by the states until you get to like some of these very purpley states because like, I know, like, here in New York, like, Lee Zeldin said he was not going to, you know, make any efforts to, you know, overturn New York protections for abortion. Now, I don't believe him at all because he, you know, voted, he, he was in, in the House, he was in favor of a bill to have a national amendment. Now, if you're governor of New York and you think we should have a national amendment, I would imagine you would think at least we should have a state amendment. And I don't think that certain rights like that should come and go based on the administration. Although, it really should be representative of the population of that state. So, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn on where I think something like that should fall. But I understand the argument. Like, that's what I, that's, so whenever I speak about, like, dealing with crazy people that just don't understand stuff and they're, like, complete morons just yelling online, as opposed to people that have a different ideology. Like, I, I say this a lot, like, Dick Cheney and, and Donald Rumsfeld and that turd blossom dude, like, these were not dumb people. Like, at all. They had a different ideology and they advance their gains for it. Like, I still, for the life of me, don't understand why the anti-abortion thing and, and anti-choice is such a big deal for those people. I I think it, it I think it's about really riling people up, like a real base issue, but I don't know. Like, I don't know any of those people personally, so I can't just be like, yo, Dick, can you just tell me why, you know, I mean, he's dead, right? So I can't even ask him anyway, but... Or maybe, no, Cheney's still alive, right? I don't care. So I don't even know. But I can't even ask him. Like, I would love to just get a straight answer. Be like, oh yeah, yeah, whips up the dumb whites. Oh well, that explains a lot. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Who it is. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so Maricopa County, right? So Republicans are all upset because the uh, voting in Arizona is going exactly the way the voting in Arizona should go. Like, hey, man, you don't want it to take so long to, to cast your votes? Add more machines. Or add more polling places. Or hire more election workers. Like, have you ever been in a supermarket when there's one teller or one checker or a bank with one teller? Ever, ever been in that situation? You know what they do? You ever been in a situation where you've got, like, eight people online at a Trader Joe's because there's just one person checking out and, like, the line gets a little bit longer? You know what happens after that? They call somebody up to the front to work register, and then all of a sudden it goes twice as fast. That's how math works, Arizona. I know you don't know that because we keep cutting your funding for education. I mean, I don't know that it's worth spending the money on you. I'm just saying I don't know that for sure. I don't know. in Maricopa County where that sheriff was from that like used to go pick up teenage girls in the mall? Does anybody know? Uh, maybe. Oh, crap. A lot of people in the chat here. Sorry. I didn't mean to ignore the chat. I was like, there was only like a couple of you here when I started, so I just figured it was going to be one of those days that nobody was listening. So if I offended anybody, I'm sorry. If I offended anybody like on the right, good. You need to kind of talk these lessons. Because clearly your parents in uh, school didn't teach you any of things. So that, that's that. I will say, um, I guess the biggest takeaway I have 
from the election. And I don't think this is terribly political, but like, and this is going to do absolutely nothing for anybody that listens to this show, but in case it happens to make its way out into the real world, um, all I'm seeing in New York is a couple things. One, Zeldin lost. He lost pretty handily. However, he got within the closest margin of any Republican in 20 years, right? That's, that's a super important point. And I'll get back to that one in a second. And then the other thing I'm seeing is that all these really butthurt Zeldin supporters, all they can seem to, like, come up with is that they're mad at all the other New Yorkers that prefer crime in their city. Like, that's, that's, what, that's what people like me want. That's the only explanation for what, for what happened. That, that's the only reason you would vote for Hochul at all, is because you like crime. Of dumb stuff, that has got to be one of the dumbest and small-mindedness things, smallest mind, small-mindedness things that people could say and honestly tells you everything you need to know about those kinds of people. Now, it's not all Zeldin supporters, right? Like he had, he had some reasonable supporters that were interested in certain things. But if your takeaway from from New York, stay, you know, staying with a blue with a democratic government. If your takeaway is that all those Democrats prefer crime and that's what we voted for, you're a fucking idiot is what it is. You're a complete idiot. And honestly, you have no business even bothering in civics because you're a drain on society. You're a drag on everybody else because you're too stupid to partake in this. Now, if you're just mad and blowing off steam, then fine. Like, that's fine. But in case you actually want to know what the deal is and what the reason is, it's simple. I don't know anybody specifically that was so jazzed about Hochul that they went out of their way to vote for. But about 90% of the people that I know personally voting, um, no, I'm going to go with 100%. 100% of the people that I know uh, that voted blue voted against Zelda. And people are always like, you should be jazzed about your your thing like and people got mad about biden right like you just voted against trump like yeah man i think trump was dangerous i thought he was dangerous with his tariffs i thought he was dangerous with his moron cabinet i think he's dangerous because he's a megalomaniac i would vote for anybody and i'll tell you what that is a playbook right out of the republican party because they are so tired of the woke left that they are literally Voting for, or the, the GOP in Georgia are voting for Herschel Walker. 80% of evangelicals in Georgia voted for Herschel Walker. An adulterer, a drug addict, a mess of a human being, uh, a, a deadbeat dad. They're voting for him over an actual reverend. Telling me they're really voting for Herschel or are they voting against the Democrats? Get off your goddamn high horse and stop slamming Democrats for voting against something that they see as a problem. You had Lee Zeldin, not the strongest candidate, but he went up against the absolute weakest candidate for governor in New York I have seen in my lifetime, and he still lost. And he lost for probably three reasons. One, because the majority of New Yorkers don't want more guns here. They just don't. And I would argue that all these cowboys that are just going to stand their ground and fire back are going to do wonders with those stray bullets that come at them because that's what I'm worried about. I'm not going to be in a gunfight, dude. I'm not going to meet anybody at high noon on Main Street. Not today. I'm busy. I'm on the box. But am I going to get hit by a stray bullet? Maybe. So New Yorkers, by and large, don't want more guns, and they don't want concealed carry. We don't want drunk assholes in Times Square with guns. We don't. The majority of New Yorkers don't want that. Also, the majority of New Yorkers do not appreciate the fact that the Supreme Court basically told women that they don't have dominance over their own body, that they, they don't have sovereignty over what's happening in their own body. 
You know who doesn't like that? Most women and most New Yorkers. And then the third thing, and here's the big one. Most New Yorkers in general, and almost every single Democrat on earth, has had it with your bullshit election denying. Dude, you lost because you put up a shit candidate that did a shit job. There's there's nothing to deny. There's no cheating. There's no fraud. The only court cases anybody has been able to make so far is in Florida when DeSantis arrested felons that had served their time and didn't know they're not allowed to vote. Because in Florida, even though you serve your time as a felon, you know, and I don't even mean like murderers and all that other stuff, just, you know, even low-level felonies, like counterfeiting and stuff like that, even though you serve your time, when you get out in Florida, you can still, you still are required to pay taxes, but you cannot vote. And I don't know that you know that. I, I don't know that you would know that in Florida. But I, I'm, not, I'm not there, and I'm not a felon, so I don't know. Every movie I've ever seen, they kind of give you a bag of cash and a bus ticket, and they're like, good luck. I don't think they're like, here's 20 bucks, the bus is out front, and don't you dare ever vote in an election. I don't think that's a thing. I don't think it's an option. So far, those have been the only arrests made in voter fraud. Felons in Florida, which we can talk about Florida and the crime rate there because I had an eye-opening experience earlier today. So that's it. I honestly think if you had a stronger candidate, Republicans, you would have won the governorship here. Because there's a lot of people like me that do not appreciate the way Hochul is running the state. However, there is absolutely no chance that I'm going to give somebody a try that doesn't have an economic plan. His crime plan is basically to declare a state of emergency against cashless bail. By the way, I did a lot of research on the cashless bail, and if anybody's interested, I can talk ad nauseum about it. He's got to lay off the reproductive freedom. Should probably lay off adding more and more guns into an already dangerous place. He's got to stop denying the election. I think if you had done that, New York, I think you'd have a Republican governor right now. So the next time you want to sit there and bitch and complain about how all the Democrats just want more crime, no. Actually, what we really want is competency in the governorship. And we'll settle for Hochul because she's still going to be better than your dipshit candidate. All he had to do was shut up, and he couldn't even do that. Much like you guys. Hope I offended somebody. Otherwise, it's not even worth getting out of bed in the morning. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I don't know about you, but I have been listening almost nonstop to the new MSPN song. Which makes sense, because it's called Unstoppable, and I guess that meant it's unstoppable to, like, keep listening to, or what... I'm Never mind. I'm going to shut up. It's MXPX on the box. Wait. MXPX. On the BOX. <laughs> Nailed it. Hard Rock Lunch Box. So, since I talked too much in the first 20 minutes of the show, which is probably unsurprising to absolutely nobody, uh, I did, um, I did want to point out that there's some stuff on Stranger TV. Uh, I do want to talk about, at some point, the two-year anniversary of Bacon is My Podcast, that uh, I was, the guys were graciously and gracious gracious enough to allow me to partake in because I had a lot of fun doing that. I was supposed to be on for 20 minutes. Um, ended up uh, being on for about 90. So, yeah. Uh, if you ever wanted to learn how to overstay, you're welcome. I'm offering a master class in it, apparently. <laughs> but I also want to talk about Chris Waterbury. Chris Waterbury's got a new show on Stranger TV. It's called My Five, I think, which is very, very like kind of seems like his top five i'm not saying he's ripping me off but i'm just saying i'm kidding waterbury i'm totally kidding if you're listening i think it's a great idea i do want to take issue uh because i uh don't agree with him unsurprisingly um his topic this week uh don't be confused because it's not about his his top five favorite drummers it's his top five air drum solos. And I personally think uh, Waterbury was mistaken. Yeah. 
But I'm not going to give it away. If you want, go to Strangerhood TV and check out My Five, the new Chris Waterbury show. Or as I like to call it, My Incorrect Five, the new Chris Waterbury show. It's on Strangerhood TV. You can read my comment on there and see what I thought actually should have been first. And by what I thought uh, should have been first, I mean what should have been first. Yeah. But check that out. New content on Strangerhood TV. Also, I think the BIMP two-year anniversary is out. I did not actually check that. Uh, oh, yeah, chat. Oh, I should absolutely make a response video. My superior five, or my even better five. I like superior. Superior is like, but superior is arrogant. And honestly, people accuse me of that as an idiot. But a response video to Waterbury's, yeah, that, this. <laughs> Man, people are so goddamn lucky I don't have time for stuff because that would have been... <laughs> but oh well. Anyway, so I was on for the BIMP uh, two-year anniversary. I was hanging with AJ from Werewolves. Werewolves. Werewolves uh, for a little bit. And then they started adding people. They had Raleigh V on, who you know from uh, that show, but also this show. Super cool dude. But they also brought on uh, Zillion, who I had actually never met. And I only saw like the first second or two of the interview when he was on. I just never got back to it because it was probably one of those weeks where I was just behind on everything, including uh, breathing and peeing, which is my normal these days. Um, but I... I had a great time with all of them, and I wanted to give him a listen. I picked out my favorite song from his catalog. It's uh, something that he did with Pop Evil. I think he said he was on tour with Pop Evil right now or just got off tour with Pop Evil. Either way, I kind of dug the song, so I don't know what you guys know of the band or of the man, I guess, but uh, let's run it here on The Box and see what everybody thinks. It's Zillion with Pop Evil on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. So, uh, one thing I was going to point out... By the way, does my mic sound quiet to anybody but me? Does it... I feel like it's alright, but it just feels quiet. It feels quiet here, so I'll just... I'll ignore it until somebody's like, What? What? I can't hear you. What? Um... What was I going to say? Uh... Something. Something, something, something. Oh! So, yeah. Um... This doesn't really segue in, but it kind of does, so I guess I'll just bring it up. So... I've kind of had this, um, I've kind of had this realization, and I've talked about this before, and this is about like social media, and how I, how I use it, and probably use it wrong. Um, so, I mean, I've probably been, I mean, I've been political my whole life, right? Like, political to the point where, um... You know, like, I'm like issues matter. Like, I was keyed into issues from a very early age. Um, my mom, I think my mom actually worked for, I think she volunteered for one of the local um, Republican congressmen back in the day. Now, my, my mom was, was not uber liberal, but my mom was a hippie and, uh, you know, definitely leaned left but like a lot of people like I've said over the years like I don't have a problem with like you know Republicans I don't really care about the labels so much the problem is um, you know now kind of like when you declare yourself a party you have to really just take on that party's platform which I think I think is is bad I I, I, I think I think it's bad I understand it like I actually read uh, an article a few days ago talking about how What's happening now is that you can't win without, you know, the backing of the party anymore. Um, but it's also such an albatross sometimes. Like, because people are voting for party and voting against party without even looking at the candidates. Right? That's something that I don't do. Like, my, I, truth, full disclosure, my knee-jerk reaction is like, yeah, man, if I see a Republican, like, mm. and if I see a Democrat, it's like, okay. But I'm also like, I'm I'm I've centered myself so much at this point in in what I believe that what I believe is correct. Not even necessarily what I believe like morally and stuff like that, because that's I didn't write the Constitution, right? The country would be a different place if I wrote it, but I didn't. I didn't ask, and that's cool. I was probably busy anyway. Um, but I I believe in 
hearing people out because, first of all, I think that's the only way you learn anything. Second of all, that's how you hear kind of like what people stand for, right? Like, it's important. And I had read an article years ago, or maybe it, might, it was a TED Talk. I think it was Eli Pariser from Move On. He's the one that, um, he didn't coin the phrase, I don't think, but he, he made the idea of, of the filter bubble. Um, kind of like part of the common vernacular. And I've talked about this for years on the box. So the filter bubble is basically what happens in, in your world, in your life, and it is the basis of most social media algorithms because the world is... Def- is for, Okay, so when you filter bubble and you basically like cut people out of your life that disagree with you, what you end up with is a very homogenous group. Like we did the whole thing with Venn diagrams not too long ago. It's kind of like that. And if you have this very homogenous group, it's super easy to kind of, like, go out of your mind because there's no check or balance in it, right? So that's in real life. And then when you go to social media, like, it is so easy to block people that just don't agree with you, and then you never hear anybody that doesn't agree with you. So you never hear alternate sides of, of uh, the opinion or, or, or an issue. Uh, when I used to go to the gym all the time, like, I always watched Fox News, mainly because it was on, but also... I wanted to see what the other side was saying. Like, it's important. You know, and I said, like, that famous Obama quote when he was running for his second second term, he said, he's like, you know, if all I did was watch Fox News, I wouldn't vote for me either. And that's because it's a completely other side, another picture. You know, a lot of people that listen to the show probably aren't old enough to remember what the fair and balanced doctrine was. But when I was younger, the FCC declared that if you were going to have any political commentary or political people on your show... You had to have somebody else from the other side basically to counter it because they didn't want to have misinformation. Well, they got rid of that, and then, boof, you had political newscapes showing up. That's Fox News was the first one to do that. That's why they went with fair and balanced. That's where that phrase comes from. It was an actual doctrine of the FCC. And then they were like, we're going to say we're fair and balanced, but they weren't. And they would do stuff like have Hannity and Combs. Combs was one of the weakest liberals I have ever met in my entire life. And he was on a show with Sean Hannity, who was one of the most aggressive conservatives I've ever seen in my life. I mean, don't forget, Sean Hannity was texting the White House and the president and Mark Meadows, the president's chief of staff, on on January 6th. I mean, yeah, he was telling people to calm down, but he was telling people to calm down because of the optics, because it looked bad. But the fact that he has direct access to the president's inner circle kind of says all, all you need to know about uh, fair and balanced. Anyway, so as a general rule, I just never cut people out of that ex- my experience so that I'm not shortchanging myself of the opinion of learning things, right? I, I think that's really important. But I do understand why people block other people because it's super frustrating to sort of deal with, like the constant barrage like of, of just... Not only the difference of opinion, but sometimes just like the inflammatory and sort of disgusting nature of some of these things. It's so not good for you. And it's why over the past half a year, I've really been trying to not be on social media. But honestly, I've I've got a sickness just like everybody else. I've got addicted tendencies. But I also really believe in correcting misinformation. I think it's really, really important. I'm an intellectual. I'm a smart dude. I like learning stuff. I like studying. I like extrapolating. Like, I like to be able to look at my world and understand it. And it really wasn't until recently that I realized that most people aren't qualified to do that. And it's not a slam on them. But when you talk about standard deviations in intelligence and education, the reason a C is your average grade is because half of the people are, you know, are C or higher, and the other half of the people are C or lower, or there's C is actually in the middle. So technically it would be like C minus and lower and C plus and higher and stuff like that. Like I, from just an education standpoint, I am on the upper side of the upper side of that. Which necessarily means there has to be at least one person on the lower side of the lower side of that. Those are the people that cannot honestly look at the world and understand what's happening. And that's not me just being a dick. That's what that means. Like, that's how that, that's how that is. And even that doesn't bother me. Because I feel like it's important to actually put up information and let people try and understand it that can And the people that can't, like, that's just fine. You can't save everybody. Even Jesus knew that. But what's happening now, and what's happened over the past couple of weeks, 
is that the personal attacks, like about me personally, are just, they're really kind of getting, getting old. And they're getting um, more vicious and more unnecessary. You know, it's, um, you know the scene where um, in, in Pet Detective, Ace Ventura, where, uh, I'm drawing a complete blank on his name, but Ace Ventura is sitting there with uh, Courtney Cox, and she's talking about, like, this other theory because she doesn't think his theory is true, and he's like, yeah, well, you're ugly. <laughs> you know, as funny as that is, as funny as that is, that's literally what's been going on lately. Like, I'm saying, like, I'll say something specific, like, specifically not even super inflammatory, but something actually kind of provable and factual, and I'll basically get the Ace Ventura version of You're Ugly, which doesn't add anything. Like, that's, first of all, that's not information I don't already know, right? So you're not helping me there. But also, if that's the best you've got to offer... I don't think I want to hear it anymore. And that's not filter bubbling. bubbling. This is literally just choosing to ignore the stupid sounds coming out of stupid faces. And that's not the same. I've also had some people, like, basically flat out just threaten my band. Like, well, we're telling everybody not to like your band. Like, first of all, I don't care. <laughs> right? Like, let's get, let's get one thing real clear when it comes to that. Like... If you are somebody that cannot put aside your personal differences with a member of a band to, like, not like their band, like, you're the asshole by a lot. I understand people have issues with, like, Nazi sympathizers, sizers in their paintings and stuff like that. I'm not one of those people. Like, I feel like art is art. I just do. Works of art, uh, sorry, works of literature and stuff like that, they're just that. Like, do I think Karl Marx was an asshole for writing, you know, that manifesto? No, I think he was a genius. I don't think anything worse, like, you know, you can make an argument about Mein Kampf from Hitler because it just wasn't a very good book. <laughs> I feel like that's a much bigger, bigger argument. It just wasn't well written. Like, it just, it just wasn't. You know, like what it what it represents, but yeah, people are literally going like, "Oh, well, we're not going to support you, ban your band." Which for me is the funniest part because the two people I can think of that are examples right off the top of my head are people that have never supported the band. So it doesn't like I'm not losing anything at all, which just makes me laugh. But then there's a part of me that like you know the band doesn't deserve that because the band isn't doing that. Now, truth be told, the band seems pretty aligned with me on political issues. They're just not interested in airing their laundry publicly, which I understand. You don't see a lot of my friends on Facebook posting very political things at all, but most of my friends in real life are pretty aligned with me on stuff. Not all. Not all by a lot. But, you know, I'm the one going out and, like, making these statements and stuff because it's something that's important to me personally, aside from being in the band and all that other stuff. But the band doesn't really deserve that. And honestly, the fact that we've even had to have a conversation about it really sort of bothers me. You know, like, I'm not asking the band that they should just, like, come to my defense and championing it. But, like, I don't know that the right answer is, like, well, maybe you should just, like, not talk about it. Like, dude, this is America, bro. And that was one of the arguments from people like, well, if you're in a band, you really shouldn't be stating an opinion. It's like, why not? Why not? And then, of course, there's the, the simple fact that I'm like, I'm no extremist at all. I don't think people should die in the streets in a country like this. I think women should have autonomy over their own bodies, at least some. <laughs> like, I mean, people are talking about absolutely no abortions whatsoever. Like, seriously? Like, none ever? You know, it's just, like, I'm no Ted Nugent. You know, I'm not sitting here with my my crossbow with targets of Republican. Like, I don't give a shit. I don't care enough. Everything I said in the beginning of this program about why Lee Zeldin lost is factually accurate. And if he had just done those things that I said, he probably would have gotten my vote. And that's actually 
scariest part. Because <laughs> apparently I would make an awesome Republican campaign manager. I don't know. What's the point of this whole thing? Oh. So I'm actually going to start breaking my rule. So from now on, anybody that really attacks me, like, actually personally, or anybody that addresses the band negatively in any way, instead of me not being able to do what I want to do with my life in my world, I'm just going to block them. Because I can. That's how it's designed. And I truly truly don't need those people or care what they think and i'm also not trying to educate them let them keep being stupid hopefully they'll either die out naturally or when we all shift to the mora the, the morlock population that has to live underground that's where they'll be and then i won't have to worry about it and that whole long intro is because i wanted to talk about biases pro and cons to bands they work both ways. There's some bands I just expect to be shit, and sometimes they aren't, and that's awesome. And then there are some bands that I really, really, really like, and then they put out songs that I just don't know. And that's where we're at right now. I am a huge fan of Nothing More. I think they are a tremendously talented band. I really like all the new stuff because they're pushing in different directions that I didn't see them going. And some of them, have, I feel like they've crossed that line a little bit. And this new one called Valhalla, which is like the second to last song on the new record, is doing exactly that. So I figured I'd grab it, play it for you guys, and you can let me know whether or not I like it or not. So here's nothing more. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I just want to be sure that everybody remembers to check out Q's new band, uh, Death by Tater Tot, which I'm already assuming is going to be the greatest band ever. With a name like that. With a name like that, it has to be Schmuckers. Yeah. <laughs> also on the Bim 2 anniversary was AJ from Werewolves, and uh, I grabbed one of his songs for today because I'm cool like that. So it's Life of a Parasite on the box. Hard Rock Lunch I really do like the option and the opportunity and the platform to play new music for you on this show every week. I'm not going to do that now, but I am going to play new-ish music for you. And even though I try and make it the best music I possibly can find for your ear holes, sometimes, sometimes, I have to play music because they're my friends. <laughs> I have been fucking with Andy Sexton for like, I don't know, 10 years now, and it's not getting old. <laughs> it's not for me to judge whether or not the song is good or bad. It's for me to just play it next. So it's Andy's new band, which looks a lot like his old band, <laughs> Third Best, which might be Andy's third best band. I don't know. We'll have to have him on and ask him about the... Uh, the reason that name is what it is, but the song is Lo-Fi Fuzz Fee, Fifo, Fifo Fum, or some shit like that. Why on earth would Andy ever make it easy for me? Which is why I won't make it easy for him.
Okay. <clears throat> so, a million years ago, roughly, um, by the way, everybody should be watching Resident Alien on a sci-fi channel, I think. It is so ridiculous and funny. I... I, I I can recommend a lot of things, but I really I recommend that. It's just it's so funny. Like the character development on some of them are just wonderful, but also uh, since Steve the pirate is the main character, I mean it's just it's just ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, so roughly a million years ago, back when I was in school, um, I would argue. This is probably junior high school, but it might have been our first year of, might have been our first year of senior high school. Um, one of my best friends, one of my earliest best friends, um, who honestly over the past couple years, I've really come to appreciate more, um, my sister had actually said something recently about him, uh, just pointing out that like he was of all of my friends, like he was the kindest, and I'd never really given it any thought because he was. Like I didn't necessarily notice, I did not notice, but it was he was always very kind. He was older than me; he was two years older than me. Uh, but he was just. Like, you ever just meet somebody that's, like, a, just a good soul, a good spirit? Um, and I could be biased. Like, I really could. I, I'm, But, like, it was that. And it's funny because I don't really know. Like, I, I had a really, I had a good time in high school. I think I had a good high school experience. I wasn't, I wasn't under a lot of the pressures that a lot of other people were. I didn't play a lot of the same games that other people did. Um, so I was able to just kind of just chill, kind of in the middle of what I was doing. I was a complete burnout with straight A's, taking AP tests, and it, I was a drummer in the marching band. <laughs> so clearly, <laughs> clearly, I marched to the beat of my own drum while I was there, and I had a good time doing it. It all ended badly because I found out that like the bulk of my friends, the people that I was hanging out with were hanging out with were you know I I don't want to say that they were assholes but like they were they were disingenuous and when I talk about people being genuine in my real life now that's where I learned that lesson so uh, and my friend that I'm talking about wasn't part of that group uh, definitely do, doing his own thing by them but when we were in junior high we were very tight was one of my best friends, one of my earliest best friends. And, um, like I said, just, Maggie just kind of nailed it. He was just super kind, and like, it was always good to be around him. We did stupid stuff together. I remember going over at his house because he had MTV before I did. Um, that kind of stuff. But one day, he, uh, <laughs> He asked me to teach him how to play bass. I was in a very awful band, but at the time it was the best band I'd ever been in, and probably the second best band in the school. Which <laughs> is awful. And we were still awful. But he asked me to teach him how to play bass. He asked me to do this so that so that he could meet girls, or I think he probably said get girls, because I mean he could meet them. And I being me, and, you know, him being one of my best friends, completely agreed. So, I did, and he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, if you think bass players can't get girls, you are mistaken. <laughs> He was the bass player in my band. I think we, I think that was the band we called Sour Mash. 
because it was, I think it was his shirt. I think it was his Jack Daniels shirt that had the sour mash on it. We're like, oh, we should name it that. And even though the details are fuzzy, because it is years ago, and honestly, when you hang out with people like every day or every weekend, like the stories blur and the stories blend, and you're kind of just left with like the remembrance of what those times were like. And when people talk about like how great things were in past times of their life, like I know what they're talking about in general. People are always talking about like you know keg parties, no responsibilities, and you know, before things got serious and all that other stuff, you could do whatever you want, curfews, no, you know, all that kind of stuff. People are like, ah, you know, the, the music, they don't make good music anymore. It's like, no, they don't. They just don't make your 17th and 18th years like they do anymore. And that's, that's different. But for me, those things that I look back on, and I just, they're just filled with sort of those, like, this is how it's supposed to be kind of moments. I don't think we ever had an argument. We, I'm sure we disagreed on something. <laughs> we had to. Um, but I just, I remember, I, I just remember that time just being like such a great time. And a stupid time. <laughs> like, and a stupidly great time. And every time I think back on it, I'm filled with like a warmth that is just fueled by like fondness. And I was thinking about that a lot over the past couple years because we sort of reconnected a little bit, kind of thanks to social media and kind of, you know, living where we live. Like I saw him uh, at a couple of the um, fall festivals when we'd play down there because he'd moved from Northport to Huntington. Um, And it was just nice to see him, like just always a smile. Like, and I was always like, I couldn't, I don't think I would ever be able to control or contain my smile when I did see him. And also, we became incredibly politically aligned, not because either one of us were political, but because we believed in the same things. Like, that kind of kind spirit doesn't exist in a vacuum where it's like, you know, yeah, I just, I want people to live their lives, except those people and those people and those people. You know, like when you start getting mad and angry at people, like that just, he didn't have it in him. He just didn't. And, uh, you know, just everything that I've talked with him and heard about him like in, in the latter years here and everything he's become has just reaffirmed all that. He's a super good person inside and out. And honestly, at 11 and 12 and 13, I was just absolutely lucky to know him. So when he asked me to teach him a song, how to play bass so he could, so he could get girls... I think we just chose the simplest song that we could possibly get away with. Something that I could teach him easily, that he could really rock out on. (laughs) And I honestly don't remember. (laughs) I honestly don't remember how it went, how it sounded, but he was my bass player for years, so he must have figured it out. And uh, I think... I think we decided like that this would be the best song. So I'm going to play this song. I'm going to play it because it's a good song. Because it's a fond memory. Sorry. <sighs> I'm working on it. Because he passed away on Sunday. And that sucks. Hard Rock Lunch Box. In true DJ fashion, I am doing an absolutely shit job of promoting our next show. It's going to be December 16th at Mr. Beery's and Beth Page. We're going to have Mikey Wayman open the show. It's going to be a farewell fire, and it's going to be Craving Strange, and it's going to be Rubberline. I described it just the other day as an unbelievably good opportunity for a total, just ridiculous show in a total dive with all of our friends having an absolutely great time. And that is exactly what I'm expecting to happen. 
It's going to be our end of the year show. You're not going to see us again for a little while at least. And we just want to have the best possible time we can. We've had a lot of fun so far this year, but everything seems to be tainted with a little bit of dog shit on it for every single show that we've played. And I'm going to try and get out of this godforsaken year with something really great. And I really, really hope everybody can be a part of it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be... It's it's going to be great. That's That's my plan. And here's your weekly craving of the week. Are you alone? Doesn't feel any breakdown. I'm sleeping with hope. But dreaming of let down Have you wanted to leave When it all starts to seem like your hope Hope is all just words you speak Words you speak So you're not
That's going to be fun and exciting. But it is the end of another Hard Rock Lunchbox. Thank goodness. I was going to leave with something that felt appropriate to the mood I was in. But I'm going to actually use this opportunity to try and pick my mood back up a little. And maybe everybody else can dance their way out to this oldie but a goodie. It's definitely one of my <laughs> one of my favorites from a time. An era gone by, as it were. And sometimes that's okay, right? As long as we continue to move forward and progress and learn and evolve, like there's no reason to give up on stuff in your past or stuff that was good for you at, at a given time. Like we reflect on those things fondly, and that makes us human. And I am fine with that. Just don't get stuck. And don't get stuck here either, man. Go on and live your life. I'll see you next week right here on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.